Well, good evening, saints. Good evening, sinners. And those of you in the crow's nest, good evening to you, too. Our text this evening is a text that you, odds are, heard before. It's a text from Luke's gospel, and Luke has this wonderful way of writing very intentionally and placing us as readers into specific places and times. Luke does this job of of setting the stage and putting us into the story, along the story time itself. And that's what we're picking up today. Uh, He uses place and time references like a, a laser precision. You know, if you've ever gone to Google Maps and you start clicking down and focusing in on specific areas, that's what Luke is doing with much of his introductory remarks in the beginning of his gospel. Um, And so today, Luke begins to focus zero, zero in and focus from a 40,000 foot perspective down to 10,000 feet, down to 5,000 feet to here and now. And he says, this is the time when Caesar, that is another word for Lord, when Caesar, Lord, was Augustus. And Quirinius was this governor who was in that area, this backwater area called Syria. And so Luke is painting a picture. He's locating us in a time. He's locating us in a place. Um, but he's also painting a beautiful picture of what the Christmas miracle is really all about. For indeed it is a Christmas miracle. On one hand, he talks about Lord Caesar. But then on the other hand, and he has got this Lord Caesar and the royal palaces in Rome. But then he juxtaposes that with the Lord or Caesar born in a manger. Two diametrically opposed places and scenes. Listen anew to this old, old Christmas story. See if you can hear something that you've never heard before. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now, this was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. See, he's starting to zoom down from 40,000 feet. All the people went to their own towns to be registered. And Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in the north of Galilee, in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, way in the south, in order to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time for Mary to deliver her child came, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth, laid him in a manger, Because there was no place for them to stay in the inn. 
In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch by their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone upon them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, no fear. For you see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Christ, the Caesar, the real Caesar, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Beloved, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. New York Times writer Mitch Smith yesterday had a headline in the in the Times, it really caught my eye and it really says it all. And the title of the article was How to Keep Baby Jesus in the Manger Bolts, Ties, and Tethers. It's a story describing how churches and civic organizations in towns across the country are having a difficult time of keeping Jesus in the manger. People are coming at night and ripping him off or stealing him or taking them down the street and breaking them on the ground. And so what this article does, um, it talks about how these civic organizations, these churches are now having to plaster Jesus into the manger. So you can pull, but you can't get him out. Or they strap him in with, with, with wire uh, straps or tether him down so that you, know, you pull him, he goes right back. What a sad day it is. One community in South Bend, Indiana this year has already had two of their Jesuses stolen from their manger. LBJ thefts. <laughs> Little baby Jesus thefts. They are thought to be pranks done by teenagers. Maybe they, again, they are done by adults who are angry at the church for some reason because the church has let them down, or, or maybe it is, it is someone who is just angry about religion. Whatever the reason is, these LBGs, LBJs, are getting stolen from mangers across the country. And it simply highlights, in my opinion, it highlights the fact that over 2,000 years, for over 2,000 years, we have yet to figure out what to do with Jesus in the manger. What do we do with this child. Friends, what brings you out this evening on this holy night? What brings you out this evening? What draws you to this mystical moment? This mystical moment where the entire world seems to pause, hold its collective breath waits in anticipation for something to happen. 
Who or what do you see in the manger? Who or what do you see as you peer into this little trough of straw? Everyone has an opinion about Jesus. I guarantee you have one, don't you? Everyone has an opinion about purpose of Christmas, how it's been stolen, how it's never really been there. I will venture that our opinions that each and, us, each and every one of us carry about how we view this child in the manger determines how we live our life each and every day, 365 days a year. And how we relate with people, with each other. Some look inside the manger. Some look inside the manger and see a white conservative baby Jesus who pushes a specific political dogma or ideology. Some will look into the manger and see Jesus as the ubermensch, the superman, the idealized human being that all of us are to aspire to become. Still others see baby Jesus as a rather upcoming political figure who's coming to overthrow the Roman, gov- or the Roman governors and, and Caesars and give Israel back to the Jews. And yet many today look into the manger and they see nothing at all but a 2,000-year-old fairy tale. Who do you see, beloved, when you look into the straw? What brings you here tonight? Christmas Eve is this wonderful opportunity that allows you and me to hit the pause button, rest, and reboot. It provides us the opportunity to once again journey with this adolescent, unwed mother And reclaim the story from what the world says it is or isn't. We come to Bethlehem once again, my friends, in order to see, to hear, to smell, to experience the sights, the sounds, the movement of what happened in that little barn. And if we stop right here, and if we're honest with ourselves, what we will discover, my beloved, what we will discover in this very simple, smelly, ordinary, unremarkable place is right here in that stable, in that straw manger, is where we find the basis of the Christmas miracle, the power of the Christmas miracle. It's not Caesar on a white horse. It is a child. In a manger. The miracle of Christmas, my beloved, is not so much the angels of the heavenly host singing or manifesting the presence of, of themselves to the shepherds. The miracle of Christmas, my beloved, is that the very essence, 
The very isness of the Lord God Almighty, the maker of all that is, was, and ever will be, penetrated our time and became a squirmy, rooting, hungry, wiggly baby boy. Think about that. The Christmas miracle, my friends, is that God became an ordinary person like you and me. Very remarkable people, just simple people. That's the miracle of Christmas. As one scholar notes, quote, consider in what splendor God might have come, but instead God decided to slip unobtrusively into a small province far from the seat of any earthly power, born to a young couple who were unwed. No elaborate preparations for his birth. And I love this. I love what he says here. This is a God who was born on the road. This is a God who was born on the road. Think about that. The great creator God, creator of heaven and earth, was born on the road, on route. The mighty I am who spoke and created all the heavens and the earth came to dwell among us as a cooing baby. Think about that. The best equivalent we can get today if Jesus were born today would be that Mary and Joseph were on their way and they were up there near Highway 60 and Yeehaw Junction out in the middle of nowhere and there they see a Motel 6, the only motel out there in Yeehaw Junction. And they go to the, they go to the front, they ask for a room, and, and the manager says, no, we have no rooms here at the Motel 6 in the Yeehaw Junction. But I tell you what we'll do. You go out to the lawn shed in the back. That'll suit you fine. It doesn't get too cold here in Florida. That's where Jesus would be born today. Not in the Bahia Mar Hotel, much less the Comfort Inn or the Travel Lodge. No, this little baby was born in a tool shed, maintenance shed. Wow. Beloved, this is the Christmas miracle. The Christmas miracle is the great I am of the Old Testament fame has become born among, has come and was born among us, among us and has become he is. The miracle of Christmas, my friends, is that God put flesh on the bones and moved into the neighborhood. The miracle of Christmas, my beloved, is that Jesus knew what it was like to have parents. Jesus knew what it was like to have siblings who acted obnoxious at times. Indeed, Jesus knew what it was to have a family who thought that he was, how do we might say it delicately today, he was out of his head. Jesus, you're mad. 
The miracle of Christmas is that Jesus went and learned about God in a spiritual community like you and me, in this community of synagogue and temple. And like you and me, we're told by Mary and Joseph, get out of the straw and get to church. You got learned lessons to learn. Come on. We've all been there. Jesus has been there too. You see, the miracle of Christmas is that he had friends. He laughed. He enjoyed wine. He enjoyed the taste of roast lamb and herbs. I'm hungry now. He knew what it was like to have best friends who were there for him when he was needing them the most, but he also knew friends who stabbed him in the back. The miracle of Christmas, my beloved, is that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, has felt the depth of grief and pain at the death of his best friend Lazarus and more than likely his father Joseph. Do you hear those miracles of Christmas? You see why it matters that Jesus became a little squirmy, cooing baby? There is nothing you nor I have ever felt, perceived, experienced, or learned that the Lord of all has not felt, perceived, or experienced first. Think about that. Have you ever felt the joy of going to a wedding and seeing the groom who has two left feet try to dance? Jesus has too. Have you ever felt the burning tears fall down your face as you stood by the bed of someone who just died? Someone you loved? Jesus has too. Have you ever felt the absence of God? in your daily life to the point where you wonder, God, do you even really exist? Jesus has. Have you ever had those close to you let you down? Friends stab you in the back? Beloved Jesus has had that too. Friends, this is the miracle of Christmas. This is the essence of the miracle of Christmas. God in Jesus identifies with you and me in every single way. He knows what you experience. He has felt and feels what you have experienced. There is no height of rapturous joy that Jesus has not experienced, nor depth of deepest pain, sorrow, or fear that he has not experienced as well. This is the Christmas miracle and why it's important that God was a little squiggly, wiggly little boy born in a manger straw. Friends, I want you to do, a, do something for me for just a moment. I want you to reflect for just a moment 
Over the last 12 months, they've been full for me. Kelly and I have moved to a new community. Think about the last 12 months. What has caused you over the last 12 months bitterness and pain? What has caused you deep sadness or grief? What has happened that has given you such rapturous joy that you just thought you couldn't hold it in any longer? The miracle of Christmas, my beloved, is that regardless of what you and I have experienced the last 12 months, this old, old story from Luke promises that Jesus can be born in you and redeem all of our hopes, our dreams, and disappointments. So, beloved, on this Christmas Eve, shall we make room in the the heart? Shall we make room for Jesus to be born anew? Oh, my beloved, we can put him out in the shed in Ehaw Junction. But he'd much rather come and live right here. Beloved, the joy, peace, and power, and loveliness of Christmas. Be born in you this day and throughout the new year. And all of God's people said, Amen indeed.